You're listening to Speak, Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, He has made everything beautiful in its time. You've heard those words before because this is a part three on this thought. So you can go back and listen to part one. And in that, I share that these thoughts came to me in the middle of a long flight and that I started looking at this verse, not so much about being patient for God's timing, which is great, but also about taking in the beauty that God has in each moment in real time. And several weeks later now, I'm still thinking about this. I'm still trying to engage each moment the best possible, treasuring it, applying my energies, learning from the moments I'm supposed to learn, resting in the moments I'm supposed to rest. So that was all introduced in part one. And in part two, we considered how the book is bipolar. It goes between this chaos and conclusion, this meaninglessness, and then the purpose of life. And we considered in part two the depressing half of that meaningless and vanity. And we saw ways that we should not engage the moments, the the methods we might follow that actually don't result in us appreciating the beauty that God has put in each moment. So this week is the inspiring list. We get the happier one this time. These are clues from the book of Ecclesiastes of how we can engage each moment. When I read through Ecclesiastes in that airplane, I made notes of all the points of clarity and conclusion. And that's what we're looking at today. And we find some really good biblical evidence for my interpretation of Ecclesiastes 3.11 that we should look for the specific beauty that God puts in each moment. So these inspiring verses come in phrases like, there's nothing better for a man to do under the sun. They also come in commands, do this, this is the way to do it, or advice or conclusion statements. We're going to be looking at those. The first one is in chapter 2, verse 24. Verse 24 says, There's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. In the rest of the context, Solomon is calling work a vanity because he works so hard and it just goes away. But the beauty is in the moments when we eat and drink and find enjoyment in the work. He's saying the beauty is not in what all the work accomplishes, but in the moments, the moments we have doing the work. We can eat and drink in a way that meets all of our health needs and work in a way that meets our financial needs and still not enjoy those moments. But here Solomon says there's nothing better for a person than to enjoy the journey to enjoy each moment as it comes. The moments of eating when we eat. The moments of drinking when we drink. The moments of working while we work. When we get to chapter 3, that's where the verse is. He makes everything beautiful in his time. That's verse 11. And we'll just back up and see the context of that verse. So chapter 3 begins with, For everything there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, 
a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak up, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. So here we have a recognition of seasons. There's a time when something's appropriate, and there's a time when something very different is appropriate. Life is that way. And when the season passes, it passes. God makes each of those seasons beautiful in its time. Continuing on from there, verse 9 says, What gain has the worker for his toil? I have seen the business that God has given the children of men to be busy with. So he's recognizing that God has actually tasked us with things. God intends for us to be engaged with the moments that he gives us. And that's when the verse comes right after that. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. And then we get one of these conclusion statements. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil This is God's gift to man. And this statement here is really just a repetition of what we had in chapter 2, verse 24. There's nothing better than to enjoy the things God gives you when he gives them. But I really appreciate it in the context of verse 11 because it helps me see that my interpretation of this verse is actually part of the intended meaning. When I read in verse 11 that he has made everything beautiful in his time, and I conclude that part of that means that God has a special meaning in each moment, It's only available then. That thought's reinforced when I read verse 12 and it says, there's nothing better for you than to be joyful and do good and to enjoy the food while you have it and the drink while you have it and the work while you have it. This is God's gift to man. Every moment is a gift from God and we can live that moment without engaging in the beauty of that moment. I don't want to do that. We have another one of these nothing better statements at the end of chapter 3. This is verse 22. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for this is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? You see, the beauty of his work is not what comes after him. God does good stuff with that too. But according to this verse, What comes after is not as good as what's available in the moment because there's nothing better than to rejoice in the work. It's not just doing the work and accomplishing the thing. It is rejoicing in the beauty of the moment of work that God gives you. Are you seeing it? Maybe it sounds to you like I'm being overly repetitious and that you already got the point way back in episode one. What I'm seeking to do is not just repeat myself, But to notice from Scripture this repetitious, reinforced truth that there's a beauty in each moment and we can live aware of and engaging in that beauty that we can't have next moment and we can't have last moment. We can only have it in its time. Here's another one. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 18 Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Continuing in verse 19 and 20, Everyone also 
whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. I love that. God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. He makes everything beautiful in its time. And we find more of this theme of joy in chapter 8, verse 15. It says, And I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. Chapter 7, verse 9 says, Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. And I reflected in episode 1 that this mode of life where we're trying to find the beauty of each moment is not about making every moment pleasurable because there's beauty that's not fun. There's beauty that God gives in really hard things. And this thought is included in Solomon's survey of how we can engage each moment. I find one verse particularly helpful in that way. It's chapter 7, verse 14. In the days of prosperity, be joyful. In the days of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. If the beauty of the moment is joy, then engage in that joy. If the moment is adversity and the beauty of that moment is to consider, then engage in that consideration. Because as Solomon says, God has made the one as well as the other. And as we know by now from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. So the final verse in my inspiring list comes in the conclusion to the whole book. And all the other verses really, really had a similar message. They said, the secret is enjoying life in each moment for what it is, the gift God gives you. And then the conclusion at the end of the book sounds like it's just not the same. Like every point in the book had one message and then the conclusion is saying something different, but I think they're compatible. So first just hear it and hear how it's different and then we'll bring them together. So this is chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So if we were about to make our conclusion from everything we've read, that first, all of life is vanity, all work and labor and wisdom is vanity, and the secret is to now enjoy every moment for what it is, we might feel a little surprised when the conclusion is actually fear God and keep his commandments. That sounds a lot different than enjoy the moment. Find the beauty of the moment. But if we put them together, it just makes perfect sense. The beauty of the moment is not found apart from God. The true beauty of the moment is always compatible with this conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments. So let's put it all together. The key to finding meaning in life is to take each moment that God gives as a gift and to engage in the beauty he has for us in that moment and then to do all of that in God, to do all of that with his 
presence and his spirit in us and in a way that honors him and in a way that keeps his commandments. It is not pleasure for the sake of pleasure. Every time that the beauty of the moment is pleasure, it is a pleasure that finds its delight in God. Every time that the beauty of the moment is to learn a hard lesson, it is a lesson that is learned from God. All of it, all of the seizing the moment is done in connection with him. So we can take every moment that comes, whether it looks good or whether it looks bad, whether it's encouraging or discouraging, and we can appreciate beauty that's there that God has put in it, and we can do that in him. And in that, we recognize that we have preferences and ambitions and goals, but we refuse to let those things take us away from the specific beauty that God has given us in this moment. He makes everything beautiful in its time. So here was my specific application as I reflected on these things in that airplane. I was flying a long flight. I had started thinking about these things about six hours into the flight, and now about three and a half hours later, I had thought all I needed to think, and I closed my Bible and put away my notebook, and I just applied that to my specific situation. I was so tired of being in an airplane. I was just tired in general. I needed sleep, but I really couldn't, and I looked at my kids who needed sleep, and they'd been watching screens for the last seven hours and refusing to sleep, and I knew we were all going to be messed up for the next week or so. And there was a little piece of me that wanted to wish that moment away. Just, I wish we were there already. Or to think about how unpleasant it was. But since I had been thinking about not doing that for the past three and a half hours, I decided to savor the moment. And I had a true sense of eager expectation for what God might do next. And right about that time, they brought out our meals. And this was the third meal. It had been a long flight. And I know it's a real simple thing. But because my mindset was there in, in seeing the beauty that God had in each moment, I savored that meal. I enjoyed it. I was hungry. In fact, I didn't just savor my meal. I savored the majority of all three of my kids' meal who didn't want to eat it. And I just felt so much gratitude. I felt gratitude for the trip, for the food. I felt gratitude that about 24 hours earlier, I had called the airlines and requested vegetarian meals because if I hadn't, I would have had like five meals in front of me of oriental chicken that I didn't want to eat. But instead, I had my rice and tofu and vegetables and salad. And I thought about how many times I choose such a negative view and my mind rushes on to the next thing. And I thought about how much more rich my life will be as I learn this spiritual discipline of seeing the beauty that God gives in each moment he places me in. He has made everything beautiful in its time. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Well, thank you so much for listening. And I really do hope that these last three episodes have been a blessing to you. They've been a huge blessing to me. I hope that they can improve the way you engage in each moment. You can find more of Speak Lord by searching for Speak Lord anywhere you get podcasts. And you can find more from me at PastorRyanRogers.com.